Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who are debuting their new look. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, well, thank you, Dave. And yes, I am debuting a new look. Um, I am clean for a Sunday evening, which is rare. Um, usually it's the time I'm least clean on a weekend. Um, but no, freshly shaven, freshly showered, power washed the house. It was a very productive weekend for me. And Wait, hold on, me, power washing the house, is that how you got freshly cleaned also? Oh, no, is the reason I needed to get freshly clean? Because, like, oh, okay. a lot of backsplash of random dirt and, like, occasional bird droppings. And, like, apparently they're very bad for you. Mm. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Anything with a bird is nasty as hell. Yes, indeed. All right. And I'm Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilike. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And uh, I don't even know how to follow that. Like, I just... <laughs> Uh, I wore like dress shoes today because I had to go to work, so it didn't really even feel like the weekend. So this feels like I'm having an extra Monday, which talk about having to have the shittiest extra day of the week. It's having an extra Monday. Okay, well, Chuck is uh, is not his uh, normal scuzzy self, and Gene's uh, <laughs> got uh, some wingtips on. So let's uh, <laughs> let's get the show on the road. And. <laughs> We got to start with the Flyers, right? They're the, the, the most exciting team in town. They're the only ones, you know, aside, we'll put the Phillies on the shelf for a second, but the only team that's actively playing that you could actually be excited about. Oh, yeah, damn straight. They, I, I don't even think it's like hyperbole or a matter of argument. They are the hottest team in the city. Um, I mean, the competition's not that great right now, but they are what number three in the the division number eight in the the league i think and are really looking good too not just i don't know how we fumbled our way to this point no they're really looking good they're really looking like a, a contender they're hot they're looking good welcome to potadelphia after dark <laughs> <laughs> we rate the flyers uh <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like, the, the, so we went into we we ended the show. Well, not ended the show, but we talked last week about the upcoming games and these two games against the Blue Jackets. And I said you got to get at least three points out of this somehow, like a win, and then you know maybe an overtime loss at the worst case scenario. But hey, they got the middle case scenario. Uh, yeah, I guess this is the middle case scenario. Uh, the middle case win. positive scenario. Yeah. Two wins, gave up one point to Columbus, yeah. who suffered yet another injury, I think, in that second game. So if anybody's going to fall out of the you know six Metro teams competing for five spots, sure. it might be Columbus. They might have just you know run out of players. But those two victories by the Flyers really helped. I mean, you can just look at the standings. I think we had... We have a seven-point lead on them, I think. Um, as of right now, we're we're at 77 points, three points out of uh, number two, five points out of the division lead. So those two victories were huge. You know, it's that whole four-point game thing, and I hear a lot of talk of, oh, well, two points is two points is two points, but not when you're playing a division opponent. Um 
okay, I got a bit ahead of myself. We only have a three-point lead on Columbus. <laughs> we have a, a seven-point lead on the I was going to say, did they manage just... to lose four games in two days or something? I got excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm looking at it now as Florida. We have a seven-point lead on Florida, three-point lead on Columbus. Um, and... You know, Columbus is tied with Carolina, who has two games in hand. The Islanders have two games in hand. We have one. But the huge wins, huge wins. Uh, first game was freaking dominant. What did that end up being? Five to two? Five, five one. Five one. I think it was five one. It was five one. It was five one. Yeah. And, um, you know, Hart looked good in that game. All I'm saying is I'm annoyed that. Hart didn't get the start in the second game. There, there was a day off in between, and there's no reason you don't have your number one starting goaltender play in both of these critical games. Why? Why is Elliott getting that start? Well, I think I think you know the logic behind it. You just hate it. The logic behind it is Elliott has been better on the road. And, you know, Hart does need breaks. He didn't need a break there. I mean, there was, like you said, a day off. But um, back-to-back games against Columbus, one on the road. Um, the Winnipeg coming game coming up at home after it. Winnipeg is a good team, too. It, it made sense to me. I wasn't anticipating it. I was expecting Hart to get both. But it made sense to me. It was fine with me. I didn't love it. But I, I didn't hate it. I know you hated it, Dave. Well, I just think that the the time to get, you know, heart this experience playing high-pressure games on the road shouldn't be round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, he got it against Florida. They, they had him play against um, the Panthers and I think against the Lightning as well down in Florida. And the Panthers game went well. The Lightning game didn't. And... I can't swear he started that lightning game, but he he has gotten the road starts. I think the two points were just more important, and I agree with you. I probably would not have made that call myself, but get the points. Bank the points. We have you know nine road games coming up. Elliot's not going to start all of them. Well, I asked the question in the text and you laughed at me when I said it's game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals and you're playing on the road. Who is Vino starting in that game? Is it is it Elliot or is it Hart? And you laughed and said Hart, but I mean is it so is it so crazy that that's he would think about it? It is so crazy. Um well <laughs> <laughs> now that you say it and that I was going to say that'd be unheard of, except for the fact that Vancouver did it one time. Um, Roberto Luongo was struggling in Boston, whereas Corey Schneider looked good in Boston. And their crazy ass coach in the Stanley Cup final played Schneider in game six, they won game six, six and went back to Luongo. And their coach, um, weird French guy, uh, Elaine Vigneault, uh, was his name? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, so I only had that realization now when you brought it up and I was going to bring it up of the only other example I could think of it. I don't think it would be his default unless, 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 
it it happened. You know, it was let's no, no, no. I'm saying like a similar situation. So we make it to the Stanley Cup final. We're playing St. Louis. Hart looks amazing. Uh, two games at home looks awful. Well, it looks awful. Two games on road looks amazing. Two games at home awful. In that scenario, I do wonder if he would go to Elliot, but only in that crazy scenario, only where it, this continues throughout. Hart is going to get his chance to be the full-time number one. He already is. It's just managing a workload and seeing an opportunity and jumping on it. I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is if we get anywhere deep into the playoffs, it's going to be Hart is going to be playing amazing. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and by deep, I think you mean what past second round? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Eastern I, Eastern Finals. We'd have to beat somebody really good to get to the Eastern Finals, I would think, right? Because we're. I think it's. I think we're going to get in, but it, you know. Well, we're not gonna yeah. Be a, I mean, it, we're not going to be a three like you seed. Either have to beat the Lightning or the. We're not going to be a three seed. We're not going to be a two seed. I don't think. I think. I think optimistically well, your best would be a four you stop shut your mouth why can't we be a three seed at this point I, I just i don't know i just felt like the math just doesn't work out because uh, you know a lot of people have games in hand I don't i'm know. now at the point where i'm looking like can we catch the caps and or the penguins because it's possible with we have such an advantageous schedule moving moving towards the end of the season yeah, we have a bunch of division games. The NHL has set it up that way that you're sort of backloaded with division games to make for more exciting playoff races. And the Flyers are trending in the right direction. We've we've never been awful, but I feel the, the longer this season goes on, the more consistent the Flyers look, the more dominant they look in the third period. And... You know, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I feel like we're seeing more and more 5-1 wins. You know, more and more, hey, the game's close. The Flyers might have a one-goal lead going into the third. They put in two more goals, and, and that's it. And I feel like the Flyers are trending in the right direction. Now, the Capitals beat the Penguins today in regulation, thank God. Um, but I wonder if now that... Ovechkin's hit his 700 goal mark. If that bit of a slide they're on is going to disappear, and they just uh, got Ilya Kovalchuk tonight for pennies uh, from uh, the Canadians. So I think I think the Capitals are really going to be a factor. But I see no reason for the Flyers not to be neck and neck with them. Um, I think. And should we be scared of Ilya Kovalchuk? like the 2020 version not not in a vacuum but as a piece to that capitals team i think he can add a little something what is he he's a third line player at this point right and on that team, yeah yeah on that team power play specialist which i don't know if you need it when you already have a vetchkin but between the two of them well it gives you two really potent units i think more than anything exactly Exactly. But I really do think we're going to be fighting for probably second, probably third. Um, I don't think we are destined for a wild card spot right now. Um, you know, the Islanders have cooled down. Still a really good team. 
Uh, the Hurricanes are a really good team. You know, they have goalie issues. Did you guys see that the other night? Yeah. Yes, the the win of the emergency backup goalie over the Maple Leafs, which great story and all, but we could have used the win Leafs. So, Chuck, <laughs> can, I, I honestly only saw like just the, the headline of it. Can you can you give me at least a, some understanding as to what the hell happened? Like, I know they make it sound like they pulled him off of a Zamboni like literally, and just gave him pads. Like they, he, like it was, you know, like my dad had showed up late and was like, "Hey, you, put this stuff on. We're gonna throw rubber at your head." I mean, it's not terribly far removed from that. So every team, every home team, has to provide for an emergency backup goalie to be called upon by either team. Uh, do you remember that story of the guy from, um, I think, Skate Zone? Yeah, or... Like, or I thought it was like a beer leaguer guy in Chicago that got a start for the Blackhawks, too. Wasn't that a, a thing? We didn't get a start. He got on the ice. Okay. And um, I think he had to make one save. And for the Flyers, they tried to get some guy with a Temple logo on his mask. I think he worked at Skate Zone. He was the emergency backup, and he was not even on the bench. And Dave Haxall tried to get him in for a play, but the ref said, no, no, no. And I forget the logic behind it. Um, like like as a publicity stunt? Or, or like, well, to, no, I no, guess he... like to reward, like you're. this is the only time you're going to be on an NHL bench probably. Like go out there and at least say you were on the ice. Exactly. Uh, okay. Got yeah, yeah. I think exactly. it was more like Hackstall's way of maybe trying to like thank him for not that like do you really think you would need a thank you? Like I, I put if somebody wanted to put me like on in the Phillies dugout, like you wouldn't need to then throw me out to try to shag fly balls. Like you could just let me hang. Like <laughs> for the love of God, don't do that. <laughs> well I don't know, it, man. Like it could be a rough fall and they might need me. <laughs> well, Gene, I think you described it well though of like, hey, this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for this dude. Give him a chance. Whereas, I think the guy's name was David Ayers, um, the emergency backup goalie for the Maple Leafs. He is the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies. He is occasional practice goalie. I remember the one notable one, the uh, Capitals had like their website designer as their emergency goalie. And... Both uh, Carolina goalies went down with injury. So he went in for the end of the second. And I think all of the third. They're playing with a guy off the street. He had Toronto Marley's mask, you know, blue pants on. And the freaking <laughs> Hurricanes won. That's nuts. Yeah, it's how many like, did he let up? I think he let up two and he let him up right away. So the Hurricanes ended up winning uh, six to four or six yeah. to three, I think. But and, and they did everything they could to protect the guy. But he earned the win. He earned the win in, you know, on the game sheet. This Zamboni driver off the street has his name. He's the official winner. His salary for the day was 500 bucks and he gets to keep the Hurricanes jersey they gave him. That's kind of um, be kind of like insulting. Like, really, we just got beat by <laughs> our own emergency goalie in our right. clothes. Like, that's got to burn. 
Oh, it has to. It has to. Like, if and that's such a Flyers thing to have happen. Like that. <laughs> that is such a Flyers thing to have happen. They would get well, beat by their own emergency goalie. Well, I was just gonna say that in, you know, if that had happened to the Flyers, um, where it was the one guy who was backing up? I think it was the Blackhawks you're talking about, but I, I can't re- even remember all the details. But if our own emergency goalie came in with his like orange and black mask, his orange and black pads, <laughs> and like. You know, let's think of an equivalent. Let's say Montreal, because everybody hates Montreal. (laughs) And he lets up like two easy ones and then freaking wins. And then Montreal flies him in for a pregame ceremony, which the Hurricanes are doing for this dude. It would be madness. Like, I'd be apocalyptic. I'd be so furious to, to lose in such a manner. But... Um, hey, at least it's not the Flyers with goalie problems. <laughs> it is funny when you hear these stories, you know, like these guys that just come off the street and and do and not that he's going to be some sort of all time permanent goaltender anywhere, but you know, like Kurt Warner was like bagging groceries and <laughs> uh, you know it, it close to home to the whole Vince Papali situation and stuff. It, it is it is pretty cool that these guys could just get plucked from. They're walking around amongst us like normal people. <laughs> we don't even know. They have these superhuman capabilities. I was just going to go with superheroes <laughs> or maybe the TV show Heroes. God, that was a good first season. Well, most of it. And that man, that show fell off. But no, this to think <laughs> what the TV show Heroes. Heroes? Yes. Oh, like save the cheerleader, save the save world. the world. Yes, the first season was yeah, the save the first... cheerleader, stop the puck. That should be season yes. two. <laughs> Aiden Pantomime Thierry or whatever her name is. Uh, yes, and then the the one Japanese character named Hiro, which was a bit on the nose. Oh, I hated that show. I did not like it. I'm not certain it was good, but I stuck <laughs> with it for the whole first season and part of the second. And the end. You're a loyal the, guy, Chuck. You're a loyal I guy. I am a loyal guy, <laughs> and I I've been rewarded for it less often than I've been punished for it. So the Flyers, right? Today yeah, was the carnival. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jake Voracek said it's the first carnival in years he showed up sober for. So that's nice. always good. Nice. Well, I mean, I but, guess yeah. if you're on a, a Dave Haxtall run team, you have to kind of always keep like a steady buzz going anyway. <laughs> I turned the carnival on for like 30 seconds and saw Coatsy on a motorcycle. And I said, okay, I, I'm done here. That's It's all downhill from that, I would yeah. say. Right, yeah, nowhere you, to go but down. You yeah. saw the best part. I, I did watch somebody do interviews from a uh, from a Ferris wheel, which I thought was also kind of entertaining. There you go. There you go. Yep. Uh, another, like, just flyers note i've i i heard the uh the fourth line referred to as the deuce caboose i have not heard that yeah i thought it was because they all have a, a two in their their numbers i have not heard good that line name that is a good line name the third and, and fourth line have been very productive the last like week and a half they really have and that bottom six production that's that's what leads to a, a, a sustained and you know deep playoff run. That's where cups are won and lost. Well, it's where you get to cup finals <laughs> because you know when think of all the shit Giroux has gotten over the years, 
it's because we've been a one-line team. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, oh, you got Drew and Voracek and who else? And then Katoria was stuck with like Matt Reed and random dude on the third or fourth line. Sure. And that was it. Now, I mean, we have a great top two lines. You know, our our top six talent is really damn good. And our bottom six is good and deep. You know, Nick Albay Kubel, Bunneman's hanging around. Roffle is a, you know, the epitome of a bottom six player. Tyler freaking Pitlick. You know, he's been productive as hell. It's been so good to see them going. Uh, Scott Lawton. Scott Lawton, two-goal game against Winnipeg. And he's really found himself a niche. You know, former number, you know, former first round pick. And he's such a productive player on that that bottom six that when they shut down Couturier's line, when they shut down Hayes' line, you know, which happens in the playoffs, now you have people who can be productive, put up points in the bottom six, and just force you to respect them. That you can't just go, hey, all in to stop this one line, that's all we need. When the Flyers just go at you, hard forecheck, do the dump the puck in, make you suffer for, you know, fetching it out of the corners. And by the end of the game, we're rolling four lines. We've put the pressure on the other team and it's all Flyers until the until we win. So we're hot. We're looking good. We are. And we have a nice caboose. (laughs) We're hot. We're looking good. Have a nice caboose. Getting it in deep. Okay. You know, bringing All right. a lot of pressure. All right. Last last, <laughs> ho- last hockey note before we completely abandon the uh the ice. Um Monday is the trade deadline. Am I right? Wrong? You're right. Can when people today, are li- today is the trade deadline. Yes, yeah, so if you're listening to this on Monday is the trade deadline, I believe the trade deadline ends at three o'clock, except for the ones that come in under the wire, like the Wayne Simmons trade last year. Um, Although everybody we'll knew that nothing. was like right. everybody knew that trade was happening. I don't know why that they took so long to get it done. Uh, just probably looking for a bigger return. Yeah. You know, it's um, activity has been happening. Um, I guess the big name tomorrow probably is Chris Kreider. Where do you um, think he's going to go? Where do I think he's going to go? I have no idea. No idea. But he's definitely uh, going to move. Maybe not. Maybe not. He um he's he would be a good fit to stay with uh the Rangers or go t- back to the Rangers. He'd almost be like a a Kevin Hayes signing. Um I mean they're different kinds of players, but the Rangers are building a young team and a you know, an experienced power forward like Kreider for you know five to seven years would not be a bad fit for them so he he might stick with them if i had to put my money on it i'd say i could see him going to to colorado um he's a a boston guy a bc guy so they always seem to end up rumored to go back to the bruins um Dave, I think you said the Flyers are doing nothing tomorrow. I think nothing of note. 
Um, Gene, I, I, I was just I was just gonna say, is it more likely the fi- the Flyers hope that their move is that they get some of these guys that some production out of these guys on the shelf, or is it more likely that you see them try and solidify that third line even more? I I I don't see the point in bringing in another fourth liner. I guess I think more importantly, you don't want to see the Flyers subtract anything of note from the from the team they've got going right now, right? You don't want to really screw up the the chemistry. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they they could get rid of them, rid of you know Bunneman. I mean, he's fine. He's fine for what he is, but he's not crucial to the team. I think they just do have such institutional, you know, organizational depth that they're not crying out at any one position. And you, we hold our breath and cross our fingers that Nolan Patrick can be there for the playoff push. You know, hopefully he gets a, a short condition, uh, conditioning stint in the Lehigh Valley and then is back to contribute for the playoffs. And that's a that's a free agent signing right there. That That is your trade deadline move to bring in Patrick. If Goss Bear gets his game back, then all of a sudden we have a, a seventh D-man who can really add something, switch him in for Hegg. You know, that's really something. Ustamenko um, up with the, the Phantoms now, uh, getting some reps there. That's some goalie depth. That's a bit premature to, to, to really list him, but you have a chance there. And Gene, I think you had asked um, when um, Ghost was reassigned to the Phantoms, uh, does that kill his trade value? It, it doesn't help. He's injured. He is n- not, you know, well thought of in the Flyers organization, or at least that's the perception. His trade value would be so low, I think you'd just keep him. You know, I saw someone mention, you know, Ghost being a salary dump. Well, he doesn't make that money for the that much money for the kind of talent and the kind of production he can show. I was going to say, I thought he was on a pretty friendly contract. He is on a friendly contract. You know, now if he always if he stays at the level he is now, that's not a friendly contract. But he has the talent. You've seen it there. I think, I think ultimately, Ghost is gone. I I'd be surprised if we start 2020, 2021 with Ghost still on this team, unless he has a dramatic turnaround between now and the end of the season. That doesn't mean he can't be a productive player for this team. That doesn't mean we can't get in the playoffs and all of a sudden see some old Ghost moments out there. But I think his best hope for really recapturing the kind of player he is is a new start on a team that's not so loaded on defense. And I I just can't see any move i could see you know hey tj brennan is he even on the phantoms anymore (laughs) like tj brennan leaves the phantoms you know this person you know do a minor trade to have you know here's what i could see happen um i'm blanking on the dude's name but veteran defenseman that came to the flyers and was immediately sent down to the lehigh valley i could see us picking up a guy who's past his prime death guy sent down to the Lehigh Valley to call up in case of an emergency, something like that. But I don't see anything more dramatic than that happening. 
All right, so who do we got this week? Who's coming up? I know we have a a, a home and home with the Rangers. Yep. Um, and then I stomp on their throats. We got to. We have to. They they have some talent on that team, but it's the Flyers are better. Um, and the Sharks. Yeah, we're a, a below average team and and coming cross country. Yeah, old, injured, cross country. They still have talent on that team so they can be dangerous especially when they don't have much to play for and don't even have a number one pick this year so let's get six yeah yeah this is a a week to get six uh if not six five this is the kind of week that you could actually see them start to put some distance maybe between some people yeah so this week, between now and when we talk again, well, we will play three. Between now and when we talk again, uh, San Jose at home, Rangers at home, both of those should be wins. Uh, Rangers at Madison Square Garden, I have full confidence Elliot's going to uh, seal the deal there. Then Washington, Carolina, Buffalo the week after that. So, yeah, we got we to gotta win. We got to win. Ooh, it, where's that Washington game? Uh, the Washington games on the road. Nice. I, All right. I'll put $15. Hart gets started on that. <laughs> we'll see. Fuck, it's a back-to-back. I take it back. I take it back. Carolina <laughs> then at home the next day. I take it back. Um, <laughs> but no, it's all winnable games. The If we were looking for a letdown, that Winnipeg game really could have been a letdown. Yeah. And it wasn't. So hopefully it, it'll really show me something if they win all of these games get two points in each. I'd be okay with getting five points. Anything less than four, I'll be furious. But um should be a, hopefully another good week. Like you say, Gene, uh, get some distance between us and that wild card. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's talk about uh the let's talk about the Phillies. And the and the new look, Philly Fanatic. Oh. So we're starting with the Fanatic. So this is like I I I put it on I put it on Twitter. This is like you want to st- that you ever see like one of those like knockoff things at the store, um, like you it's like an it's like a knockoff Elsa doll, and they just call it like Ice Princess, and it like yes. clearly sort of looks like Elsa. It's meant to be for a kid to be like, oh my gosh, look, it's Elsa. So that's what we're trying to do with the fanatic to make it just different enough from the original design that there's no like uh, culpability of uh, stealing an idea or something. So is this damage control in the event that we lose this case in, in June that we've already transitioned and that people have already gotten it out of their system. And if we win the case in June, then we just bring back the he old goes fanatic. back. The no, fanatic I... was a transformer and now we're playing with a gobot. <laughs> That's your best analogy. I think you've ever made. Yes. Um, but no, Gene, I think it's actually, this is an effort to win the case. I think someone thought they didn't have a strong enough case. So they said, no, this fanatic's different than that original fanatic. It's been evolving. It just so happens that this is the year we make him skinnier and give him like wings or whatever. Scales. Yeah. I've heard wings and scales. It's definitely like new dinosaurs like hey dinosaurs had wings like i'm seeing that certainly arm bunting <laughs> arm bunting. <laughs> is, is that for jim bunting 
<laughs> no, but he is very much like, you know, here's the Philadelphia enthusiast um, sort of look, the discount rack <laughs> fanatic. Oh, you talked about the Elton John uh, star glasses eyes. Oh, my. It's terrible. Did you see the tongue? I, I didn't get a close up no. of it, but the it was. Is it more realistic now? <laughs> God, how disturbing would that be? It's like some like crazy giraffe tongue comes out of that <laughs> cylinder. Well, but the the like party favor tongue looked like more like a straw like coming out oh really yeah i i didn't get a good look at it so it could have just been a bad angle but i also feel like the schnout is um the schnout the snout <laughs> the schnout <laughs> well that's what it's called see? now it used to be a snout now it's a schnout <laughs> his snout is like uh it used, to be, <laughs> it used to be more uh I don't know. Right now, it looks perfectly cylindrical. Yeah, and very furry. It used to flare a little bit. Yes. Yes, that's a good point. And the poor fanatic just can't lose weight around his hips. It's like a problem area. Like he worked out all off season, and he still has the big ass hips. How's the belly buck gonna work? Yeah, it's not gonna be as effective. No. I'm okay with the shoe change and the socks. Yes. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. fine. Although I prefer the stirrups. Yeah. Yeah. I, and how is that really like, oh, his shoes are different. I'm like, he was just wearing shoes. That's the thing you choose to change. Now, look. And the all blue tail. The tail is the thing yeah. I hate. Oh, it's bad. It, it does. It, it's, it's like a color clash and not in a like, remotely good way. Uh it, there's it makes him look too bird like yeah I, I just don't like it the the that combined with the light blue overgrown eyebrows as opposed to like fuzzy expressive eyebrows uh the, the fact looks like he's he's been doing some hard living look from the upper deck you're really not gonna see much of a difference that that's true that's true. I, I thought of that today of, you know, in a few years time, it's just going to be the fanatic and go, oh, yeah, that's right. He was different. But the the Phillies are giving Gritty a window. You know, <laughs> Gritty was already. Yeah, he was know, definitely trending. What's what? He was definitely trending. Yeah, he was definitely trending. And he was. You know, the popular new mascot, people comparing him with the Fanatic. This would have been going into year three of Gritty for next year. You know, let him cool down a bit. And now you give us like, you know, five below Philadelphia Fanatic. <laughs> and like, if he gets booed on opening day, which is a possibility. I don't imagine being sustained, but I do imagine a little boo the redesign. If Gritty runs out into the field immediately afterwards, the, the Phillies are going to have problems. So if the if the if the Philly public does not embrace new fanatic, does that hurt the Phillies' case in this lawsuit? And they say, like, look, it was our design that made it so successful. You changed it, and they revolted. 
<laughs> well, I think precedent you could submit of like Philadelphia revolts over everything. We could throw snowballs at the fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say it in a week where, you know, once again, the we, we've been accused of, of maybe running players out of town, um, you know. Again, we're gonna run our our fanatic out of town. Uh, you know, we we play hardball with the catcher, and then we we let the mascot become a free agent. So I'm gonna hit the <laughs> fanatic with a D cell. <laughs> Can't do that. No, I I think the fanatic will ease up. I mean, he went through some cosmetic changes. You know, he started his career in what the late '70s. The fanatic's middle age now going through a bit of a crisis but i I don't know i don't like it i'll just say that i don't like it and i'm sure in three months time i won't even notice so here here, here's the let's just do this as an exercise because when i you know obviously my imagination went wild when i heard that they were going to do a fanatic redesign and um i thought you know the worst case scenario what would be the worst case scenario so my thought was that they're have they're going to unveil a completely new ma- mascot, and they are going to schedule. And then I had a serious thought: they're going to schedule a day where they're going to put the the fanatic on the Phillies Wall of Fame, so, which would truly be the end of the era. <laughs> Once the fanatic goes on the Wall of Fame, th- then he's in the the same conversation as Bobby Abreu in terms of relevance to the franchise, but. If you were going to do a completely different, all you're keeping is the name. That's it. That's all you get to keep. You just get to be the the Philly fanatic, but everything else has to go. What do you think you would have? Because I have a thought. What would you have him be? Like, what would he embody to be the Philly fanatic? <laughs> God, why didn't we lead this show with this? This is. <laughs> Well, first off, I'd like to say the fanatic, if he ever got retired, uh, he would go into Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I, I actually, I don't really have any doubt about that. I don't think I don't. Uh, is there a mascot in the Hall of Fame? There is a mascot Hall of Fame. No, but is there a mascot in Major League Baseball? The only Hall other one that would be there, if there is one, there has got to be the the San Diego Chicken, right? And if he's oh, there, the then San Diego Chicken. But I, if he's there, then Sorry. the fanatic should already be there. I, I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've been there. We'll have to we'll have to do some. All research. I'm saying is, is the fanatic would have a an, an elevated place in Philly's history above Wall of Fame. Well, then nobody would wear the star ever again. They would retire it, right? They would retire <laughs> the star. It, it would and be, the snout, uh, yeah, it would all get retired. Yeah. All right. I, so would go ahead. That, I would love that if it was part of uh, Real Muto's um, arbitration. And I want to wear the star. <laughs> My the number star. is star. <laughs> no, sorry. It's retired. <laughs> no, Fine. I don't think he would do that, though. Give they, me an amper stand. It would be too close <laughs> to an asterisk. And I don't think no, you can't that. do that. Yeah. All right. So, Gene, you're redesigning the fanatic. What, what is your pitch? Well, you know, the. There's a lot of different ways you can go to embody Philadelphia, and I think that the Sixers really tried to trot out. If you remember when they when they first gave us Franklin the dog and that abysmal failure, um, I think that uh, they tried to cut, throw some spaghetti against the wall, but they they left something out. They, they tried the Ben Franklin, they tried uh, you know some other things. I think that what is lacking in mascot land is more food based mascots. 
So okay. just for national coverage alone, if you had a giant cheesesteak with Cheese Whiz and some sort of fake cheese sauce gun. No. No. Stop. Who would stop fire dollar bills at people. No. Stop. Wait, fire dollar, dollar bills? bills? Well, that would be for Dollar <laughs> Dog Day. Wait, I didn't know. Wait, hold, wait, hold wait, wait, wait. So the cheesesteak is firing dollar bills so they could buy hot dogs and dollar bills? Dog night? Oh, I, I forgot. I've, I've mixed my metaphors. We're not going to shoot the hot dog. We're sending you the dollar so you can go to the stands and get your own damn hot dog. And then the cheesesteak is going to be caught at Delilah's <laughs> after the game. Hold on. I have an anecdote. I have an anecdote. I'm watching the soup today. Okay. Ha- have that you guys seen the exists? new? What's that? That still exists? Yeah. They have a new host now. Oh. Um, female Brazilian comedian. Her name escapes me now, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyway, they showed a clip from uh, Say Yes to the Dress. Okay. And evidently they were in Philly this week. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah, actually the bride was wearing uh, an Oscar Strong uh, flyer shirt. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool. Anyway, nice. The host of the show, the guy who, uh, I don't know, lets them try on dresses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we like to call him the the salesman. Was talking about how he can't. He's excited to be in Philly, and he can't wait to have a cheesesteak sandwich. Which the producer that the clip that they showed the producer cut in and said, "Hey, just so we don't get any um, backlash from the locals, can we do it again and just call it a cheesesteak?" And he was like, "Wait a second, so it's not a cheesesteak sandwich?" He's like, "Well, it is. They don't call it a sandwich. It's just a cheesesteak." Period. The end. And it reminded me of when Alex Rodriguez called it a cheese sandwich. <laughs> did he? Did he also like weigh anyway, in on like I, I would like to go to Eugenio's and Patrick's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Gene. So your your thought of a Philly fanatic would be a cheesesteak. Yeah, it would be a giant cheesesteak. Yeah, but I mean, the the other thing that now has got my brain going is that. The idea of the Philly enthusiast. And uh, you ever see that old Saturday Night Live clip, The Continental? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which was Christopher Walken. What if we had Christopher Walken or a Christopher Walken lookalike as the Continental be the Philly enthusiast? And he would do obnoxious thing like like try to uh, give women champagne or, or get hit with <laughs> like white gloves. I, that would be enthusiastic for me. Okay, I like it. See, so when you say fanatic, I just think of like an uber enthusiastic person. So I'm immediately going to like Green Man, just like a very high energy Green Man, uh, running around and being like aggressively uh, a fan of the Phillies. Well, I think what we're really missing is, well, apparently, like. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Sorry, I mean, the, I mean, the I mean, continental kinda... as like <laughs> as a mascot. Like we right. already have enough trouble with the fanatic seduction of women. Like <laughs> oh, and the and the new fanatics leaving the game in the third <laughs> inning. He closed that deal early. Like what? Like <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing they could do is just have it be Pat Burrell. Why well, we just described that? No, didn't we? Could work. <laughs> And then he would take his dollar gun to the the uh, Lila's. My, my other my other thought was that it could be that tattooed dude, you know, 
And uh, but well, I remember there's a good one. But I then I remember that like one of the main pieces of his tattoo is the fanatic, so it really doesn't. <laughs> So it would work. just be a picture of his own face around his belly button? <laughs> now that I'd like okay. to see. I was trying to figure out what that guy was going to get to represent the Flyers a little better, and I was thinking maybe he could get Dancing Shawnee. I mean, he's, he's got, got gritty. gritty. He's got gritty, but like I feel like you need something that's like a little bit more towards the past. Yeah. Dancing Shawnee does not work for the Flyers anymore. Dancing no. Shawnee does not find my jokes about him making racially insensitive comments funny. Dancing. I put Coatsy on that belly. Oh. Fucking A. <laughs> Should we talk about actual baseball? Because I did watch Coatsy in a Santa today. costume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're... we're, we're, we're All right, JT Romuto. This show, so much. Well, <laughs> JT Romuto loses his uh, arbitration case. Do you think this... Uh, Hurts our chances to resign him in any way, like bad blood or anything like that over it. I honestly don't. I, I mean, I just, I think that this is the process. I think that, it, it, but in the same way, I don't think the Phillies would have tried to sign him less had he won his case. Um, I, I, I hope that in some way they are able to make him feel like he's having that made good in some way with the contract. My bigger fe- my bigger fear is because he's a catcher that they will sign him for too long of a deal. I don't know what that magic number is, but it's less than 7. Why do you think catchers are devalued? I as think far as the position player because they don't play they can't play 157 games. I think games. that that's part of it and I think that it is generally speaking it is a very weak part of your lineup. In, in general, like I think that because there are so few really, really good players, they take the average in order to figure this out. I think they take the average of all of the players at that position because some of them are there's so many catchers that are so bad and every team's got to carry two. Um, I, I think that it, it waters down the average because they're but uh, by the same note, because really good catchers are rare that they there should be some way to magnify uh quantify that in in arbitration i don't know i have no idea how these things work um but yeah i i'm starting to think that they're gonna have to give him some kind of godfather offer to to keep him in town or at least to not test free agency i I think it's gonna be a nasty offseason i think that girardi is maybe the secret weapon in this and maybe you might be right like i said i i don't know if i said this on the show or just to each other i i think that the one thing that i've noticed in everything that i've seen when girardi is talking about the team now he finds a way to specifically call out the different things that real muto is seeing or doing and how he constantly seems like he's checking in with him especially when it comes to what's happening with pitchers and to, to jump back to your original question, Dave, I don't know why catchers are undervalued. And I think just because they don't play every day and probably because they can be. You know, every time they go into one of these arbitrations, you look at older contracts and go, well, hey, you're not making as much as this guy. You know, but we've seen here with you know, JT last season and Ruiz for how many years? You know, we've seen the effect a, a good catcher can have. 
you know, they're practically your manager on the field. And when they're producing as well in the lineup, they're one of your most important players. So, you know, he's still making $10 million a year. You know, it's not like he's making a pittance, but yeah, I, I just think the position on a whole is undervalued. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I hope that whole Girardi connection works out kind of the way we're we're saying. And I hope they have a fun year. I mean, I think that will go a long way, long way too. And I hope the fans don't, you know, get on them or any kind of crap like that that would give them sort of a negative perception about staying here in Philly. Um, do you guys have any observations about the first two games? Anything stand out? One thing jumped out um, early in the broadcast um today's game you're today's game yeah um sunday's game, yeah. Sunday's game. Uh, i think cruck had mentioned that girardi you know really values stability in his lineup that he uh-huh. doesn't want to tinker around with the the lineup uh just to do it he thinks that guys thrive knowing where they're going to hit in the lineup and can i tell you the wave of relief when i heard that you know, and I, I knew he's more of an old school guy, but the constant tinkering of with the lineup last season, especially, was so maddening. The fact that we can go, hey, the lineup's been set, and just know it's going to stay that way for a month and a half, two months, as opposed to changing with the whims of a fickle coach. Uh, I was really pleased. To, yeah, we bitched about that for two years now. Yeah. And and even last year, you know, we went into the season with uh Cap saying that he wanted a, to do that, like with a stable lineup. I mean, I, I get that he had injuries and stuff, but. Yeah, you you're know. the one that sets the lineup. Ho- hopefully we don't have, uh, you know, Harper leading off or <laughs> my God, Reese Hoskins leading off. Oh, anyway. God. All right. Hey, uh, uh, Boehm had a good first game. Yeah, he looked good. Uh, the other thing that I that I noticed was, um, and it's some, somewhat related. Uh, I, I, how you guys feel about the move at third base to have Segura there? I think you gotta you gotta work him out there. Yeah, you gotta get him in the lineup because I think, uh, you know, he he he's a good hitter. I mean, what do you, you know? He's a good hitter. He doesn't strike out. Good hitter off the whiskey, um, <laughs> but. You know, the idea that they're going to have him and, you know, Kingry sort of open competition for who gets second, who gets third in spring training. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. I don't love Kingry's arm at third. I, I just I yeah. just don't. I... And I feel like Kingry is a natural second baseman and Segura yeah. is neither a natural second baseman or a natural third baseman. He's just kind of body typed himself into a third. Yeah, baseman. give one guy, you know, only have one guy play out of position, not like, two. Exactly, because that was that was Gabe's whole thing is like, I'm just going to put everybody just off of their position and maybe <laughs> one of them. Well, somebody will show up. Uh, with like when I really played the show 19, it lets me put these players. <laughs> It In says that position. he has he is an optional catcher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a, a hey, sir, that's that's your center fielder. Let's flip over to the Sixers real quick, uh, because I don't know about you guys, but I made some cash money off of that Bucks game. And if you were on the the chat that we have, which um, 
really you're, not. Like, you're not maybe three four dave said here is some free money for you guys and nobody <laughs> and said, nobody bet it nobody bet it <laughs> you fuckers <laughs> I, in my defense i'm not allowed to bet it from where i live that's true you would have had to driven over you would have had, I had to, to like drive to, to the line PA. pull into a parking lot make my bet and then drive back well hey is it worth 45 dollars? i don't know so uh FanDuel did a thing where they were doing a uh uh, I think they called it like spread the spread the love or something like that, yeah. where they were giving the Sixers. I think it started at forty seven points, something like that. And as more people bet it, they were increasing the line. So when I got in, uh, I was getting fifty and a half points uh, against the Bucks. And, so it uh, essentially is free money. You 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 had to kind of sweat it. Now, did they give that back to you only in site credit, or did they like actually credit your account like we're a real fifty dollars? Or do you I immediately think it's have real to... fifty dollars? I I didn't uh, withdraw yet, um, which is what they're really banking on is that you don't let withdraw. it ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I mean, I'm planning on withdrawing the whole thing if it lets me. But even if it's site credit, I can still get my fifty back and then. Uh, you know, play with 45 bucks. Yeah, at some point they have to let you take money out of the system. They can't just have you win side credit. Like, no, no, no. I didn't fund it, you know, forever. No, but uh, the actual game, yeah, there was a point where I was like, man, could they actually lose by 50? They were down close to 30 with like 12 minutes left, and it didn't seem like they had any interest in continuing to play. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just it just happens. With, you know, there's no way in a basketball game you're going to draw continue to to play that hard to drive that score up. So yeah, it really was no sweat. But uh, yeah, another wow, another turd on the road there for sure. And this whole Simmons with his back leaving in the first quarter was is very disconcerting. I know he was evaluated uh today he's going to be reevaluated tomorrow he's not going to play the next game against the hawks and uh did something happened with tobias harris in that game uh that he had some kind of injury gene did you see that i saw that he yeah i didn't get a lot of detail i was actually hoping that maybe you would talk to dr keith or something and i had some idea what the hell was going on no um Oh, I didn't. I I didn't really hear anything. I don't know if he's going to play against the Hawks or not. But the the back thing is really what's concerning me about Simmons because that stuff. I don't know if like if you've ever tweaked your back, um, you feel that for at least a month. I feel like I don't know if it's just I'm so old now, but when you you know when you uh, pinch a nerve or something like that or. Do they? Do they know? That's there forever. I was gonna say, do they know what he, what exactly his diagnosis is, or is that what they're hoping to find out? I guess he was gonna get looked at. I guess today, it, it being Monday, I think he's back in town to get looked at. I don't know. Well, having him down for any significant length of time is gonna really disaster. It's yeah. disastrous. It's yeah. worse than when Embiid's out. Right. Yeah. No. And that's and that's the interesting thing. I was thinking. You know, it's way easier to replace Embiid to a certain degree, the way this team is constructed. And I think they did that by design because there are stretches of the season where he was going to be out. Uh, there is no way to replace Ben in a lot of ways, but most importantly, and I think you saw it against the Bucks in the second half, they don't have anybody that can get that intensity defensive level up. Uh, and the way that they beat the Bucks is being able to throw Ben and then the center and then whoever else is on the court when, you know, your help player is going to be like Tobias Harris. Giannis is going to go off for 40 every night. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, and it's also odd that it's the second year in a row where we have a guy play in the All-Star game, seems fine, and then comes back and he's going to miss a bunch of games. Yeah, yeah, that is that is weird. But I would be more comfortable taking it slow with Ben. You know, I would rather if, – if they're saying that he's going to miss a, a week, then making it more like a, like 10 days – um, rather than sure, rather sure. Than because we back. talked, we talked, and the way I feel, if you don't get the two seed, I really don't care what seed you get. Right, it doesn't really matter. I mean, sure, it's nice to have a home playoff series, which will get you to round two. But at the end of the day, you're playing road series against these heavy hitters in the East anyway. So might we, as well just I mean, do we it. have seen them show up on the road occasionally. I guess. The the optimist view would be that when you get into the playoff series, that they are going to uh, somehow all the time. find some level of intensity that is more consistent. I, I don't know what it is about them on the road this year. I don't know that I can ever have ever seen such a horrible split in a professional team that I follow as as closely as as the Flyer as the Sixers. Although the Flyers have kind of a similar thing, although I think it's balancing out. Chuck would tell me that for sure. Um, it, it's getting better. Yeah, it's getting better. Yeah, but it. But it's, it's, it's just been weird. It's either they must pump some sort of like magic dust or something through the Wells Fargo centers. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I, you know, when I was there, I didn't feel particularly piped, like pumped up. You know, you guys have been there a few more times than I have this year. Did, do you get did you feel like you could conquer anything as you were leaving the stadium lately? Yes, the um, the scoreboard in center, in addition to shooting out flames, it also shoots out a PCP. So not magic dust, but angel dust. Um, and it really does get you like psyched up for the game, you know? I don't even know. <laughs> I, there are no words. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like at this point, I, I'm, I'm really just bracing myself for a first round exit and then total regime change going into next season. And just, I don't know. I'll be cautiously optimistic next year. I hate to be like Negadelphia about it, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, there's some part of me that almost hopes that you get, you draw like that lower seed, and go right at one of the big boys, and and just try to throw a, a haymaker yeah. and win it, win a win a fluky game on the road. I, I feel like on a game to game basis, if we have everybody in place, we have proven. We can beat anybody if we have our A game. And you just got to hope that somehow they would be able to put that together and, and, you know, knock somebody off. If you were to get a low seed and knock off a big contender early on, it's going to, it would throw the whole thing into chaos, which is, I think, exactly what the Sixers team would need. Yeah, I think that's the best route for the Sixers is to, uh, is to somehow get the Celtics. Yeah, I think they're the they're the ones that can yeah. least deal with Embiid. Which you you could easily do as a six a yeah, six I mean, three sure, matchup yeah, is I mean, very very realistic. I mean, you try to win every game you play, but you know you just see what happens. Uh, Eagles news, real quick. Uh, shopping Alshon, huh? The, the the article that I read and what I was hearing on the bit of talk radio I heard over the weekend, it, it seems like basically. It, Alshon's people or Alshon himself and the Eagles have kind of come to this conclusion that like it would be mutually beneficial to everyone if we could find a partner that would take 
Alshon. I don't think the Eagles are going to be looking for a lot in the deal except for just getting him off the books. Um, I think it's really completely showed the fracturing. If if last year, just the way that the the, the last month of the season played out, where the practice squad guys, practice squad guys were way more productive than your frontline wide receivers, um, I think now hearing that all of the rumors about the trouble that the two of them have interpersonally, um, you know, I, I'm not going to... Obviously, I, I'm much more in favor of the franchise quarterback than a injury-prone 30-year-old receiver. Th- absolutely thank you for 2017. Not so much thank you for 2018, but I'm good. Like, I have seen everything I need to see from from Alshon. I have no particular emotional attachment to him as an Eagles player. I, there, there has to be an upgrade over over a guy like that you ever see uh you ever see like those like back to school specials or i don't know a movie or something where there's a like a like sort of like a weird kid he's kind of like aloof nobody really likes him he's kind of like not nice to anybody uh but then he you know he does something nice or he like asks a girl out or something like that he tries to do something genuinely kind and then he gets crapped on like Ew, you're a freak get away from me and then he turns into like a super villain right that's, exactly that's the way i feel about alshon like you know what alshon you okay fuck yourself dude because you dropped that pass in new orleans you cost us and nick Foles a shot at a second super bowl you're something i mean you're a number one wide receiver you gotta catch that goddamn ball and, and what happened? Oh my gosh, we have little girls writing letters to you about how we forgive you, and and you know, please come to our school because you're we we love you, Alsha. We forgive you. Like it's not a big deal. It is a goddamn big deal, and I'm pissed you didn't catch that ball. Real quick, and that's the last time I feel like we should ever be nice to a number one receiver who drops a ball in a key situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't appreciate the amount of leeway that we gave him, and that's a rare treat here. It's, hey, Alshon, you know, you earned a mulligan and then completely squandered it. But a quick aside, I want to subscribe to your after-school special channel (laughs) because it features supervillains, which I don't quite recall. And then also, (laughs) also (laughs) the moral of the story of, Alshon drops the big ball. Fuck you, Alshon. You cost us the Super Bowl. You're off the team. The more you know. Like, but I'm just saying, I'm going super villain with Alshon now. Now you're gonna pick a fight with with QB one here. Well, the 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 thing is for eat shit, Alshon. <laughs> even after all that, he didn't become the memeable receiver. It became um. You know, yeah, Aguilar was, was the one that like guys are catching babies out of fires and they're like, unlike Aguilar, they don't say unlike Alshon. That's not the meme. I wouldn't trust either one of them to catch one of my babies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would trust anybody who's on the current receiving core to, tr- to get, you know, who, you know who I would trust? I would trust um I, I would probably trust Dallas Goddard. I think he's got really good hands. I throw a baby at. Zach Ertz. Yeah, if I had to throw a baby at someone, I really do think it would be Ertz. Top five um, people you want to throw a baby at. <laughs> well, number one, Sidney Crosby. 
Because I'd throw anything at that yeah. dude, baby, yeah. baseball, whatever. JD Drew. <laughs> <laughs> and the baby, ironically, named D Cell. <laughs> all right. All right. That's that's enough. Gene, take take us away through our uh through our movie uh movie brackets. Where where do we leave off? Well, we're we're in something called the uh the final four. We are down to the the semifinal I don't think matchup. that's uh, are we allowed to say final four? Uh the uh the, the last four. The last four. Yeah, we'll go with the last four right? so we don't get a copyright strike. Um <laughs> So, uh, I, I even rewrote these and uh, double check the seating. So um, <laughs> it's not all chalk, although it's close. Um, in the world bracket, we have the matchup of Rocky versus Miracle, which had its anniversary this week. And uh, in baseball, we have a league of their own versus the natural. Uh, Rocky's a one seed Miracle, three seed Base uh, League of Their Own is a two seed, and the Natural is the one seed in that bracket. So the one seeds did did make it to the end, but um, you know we'll see. You know what I noticed while I was scrolling through Twitter is that uh, the anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. What what, what is that? It was that was Saturday, right? Yeah, it was Saturday. The yeah, uh, yeah. Right. That's that's also uh, Crocodile Hunter Steve Irwin's birthday. Oh, yeah, it's small world. <laughs> Freaky how those things coincide. Um, it was also the two-year anniversary of the U.S. women beating Canada in the middle of the night. Cool. Yep. Wait, so uh, Steve Irwin was born on the day the U.S. men's hockey team won? No, oh. not the day, but like the same date. Oh, the same date. Okay, I was going to say, I thought that Yeah, Steve you could Irwin... celebrate both the anniversary of miracle on ice and steve Irwin's birthday so is steve Irwin one of those guys we sell still celebrate his birthday kind of like elvis and not his death day kind of like john lennon yeah exactly okay ironically that crikey um Um, ironically that um stingray that killed him named michael ruzioni (laughs) wow who knew highly venomous (laughs) mikey ruzioni (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay rocky versus miracle yeah rocky right. versus miracle i feel like that's the easier of the two matchups in my opinion that's a solid that's a solid final two coming out of the uh the all sports it's such a similar story man the beats are so similar there's what well, is there's ice skating in both it's 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 incredible <laughs> well it's I I spent a lot of time this week thinking about these matchups, and we have a true story in each, you know, a league of their own and miracle, and a fictionalized, you know, a fiction story in each. And with Rocky and Miracle, it is the same story. Like, Miracle is a true-life Rocky story. Now, Rocky, on the other hand, gave us the freaking term Rocky story. So <laughs> it 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 does it is I think and I but I mean I think the difference between them is there's like yes the the the, the miracle takes these beats from actual events um but the but Rocky is such I don't know I feel like there's more to it besides the sports than than 
than what was going on in Miracle. Like, I didn't care as much about a, a, any individual character in Miracle as I did with Rocky. And I guess Herb Brooks is the one, like the lightning rod that you're supposed yeah. to really root for in that story. Um, and yeah, like the, the portrayal of Brooks is great, but I just can't really, I don't link my, my wagon to it as much as I do Rocky. Uh, Chuck, you had said something about the true story. And, and I got to be honest, I'm maybe somewhat ignorant. Not that I didn't know that it was based on real events. Like, oh my God, that really happened. Um, <laughs> but more to the point, like, because you might have a more of your, you know, with your your connections in the hockey world, how close is the portrayal of the personalities in in the movie? Like, was was that a pretty accurate approximation of like what Herb Brooks was like, or is it like, were you know, were there people that were like, ah, you know, what a great movie, but like absolutely nothing like what those people were like. From what I understand, it is a fair approximation of them, especially Herb Brooks in that time. Um, now, it has gone through the Disney wash. <laughs> so to give you an example, we all know that scene where um, the U.S. has a half-hearted effort mm -hmm. to uh, a tie against Norway. And they're they're not really paying attention. And, you know, Herb runs them in the ground doing the Herbies, the, you know, hockey equivalent of like the suicides to the point where players are vomiting on the ice and they just can't go any further. And Mike Ruzioni stands up and goes, my name's Mike Ruzioni. <laughs> Who do you play for? It's this American. <laughs> and... He goes, that's it, boys, and like storms off the ice. Now, the real life version of that is Mike Ruzioni did stop it by getting up, taking a stick, and going, fuck this shit, and breaking a <laughs> stick and storming off the ice. That's way less romantic than like running up the stairs in skates and hopping up and down and, and like being surrounded by small children. Oh, no, that would be in Miracle the sequel. <laughs> but for me, that that point is a good one because. It's not which one's telling the true story, which one tells more truth. Miracle has been through that Disney whitewashing, and we see character flaws like Herb Brooks, and I forget the, the name of his wife, but their marital strife was like one vaguely heated conversation. Rocky starts off working for the mob. And it doesn't need to be like, it's not saying real life. We all are more shady than people in a Disney movie, but we're not perfect characters. We're not perfect people. You know, our life doesn't boil down to one aspect. Even Adrian in the, the first movie, she, I don't want to say flawed, but is, is a wallflower is not, yeah, like some sort of social anxiety. Yeah, exactly. She she is not personable and she she connects with Rocky and then later she becomes this just, you know, love interest. But there's a lot of depth in Rocky and telling and Paulie, the story. man. Like Paulie might be the greatest character wow. in the whole series. I mean, how many Paulies do you know in real life? Yeah, it's it's a broad portrayal and it only gets broader throughout sure. the film series but we all know him we all know the guy 
you know, or girl or whoever it is in your life kind of like trying to hustle to make their way and having a bad bit of luck and just trying to eke out a living however they can. And that's that's Rocky, too. That's the Disney whitewashing of Rocky, I think, right there, Chuck. Well, yeah. Describing (laughs) Paulie as a guy that's just kind of down on his luck. (laughs) (laughs) But well. I, I was saying in uh, flawed and relatable. Well, yeah, it's yeah, bigger I mean, the than guy, everyday life. I didn't yeah, have a sister, of... but I imagine that if I talked to my sister like that, my my like somebody would probably put me in jail. Not in the seventies. Not in the seventies. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, it's a guy. You know, have a lot of opportunities. Uh, you know, not not a great education. Substance abuse problems. I, I mean, it it really is. It, it's as gritty as it gets. I guess. And hell, man, the, just I, look, I've watched Miracle a bunch of times. Yeah. But ain't nothing I'm watching more than Rocky over and over and over again. I can't. I just can't. I can't stay away. See, for I mean, I'll make it official. I think people have probably picked up on it. I am voting for Rocky over sure. Miracle. Um, and I love Miracle. It is my go to sports movie. And the part of it that saccharine Disney coding on it helps. But. Rocky's a better film. Rocky, here, here's the, here's the tipping point for me. And I was thinking of it earlier this week. Of you know, Miracle is this great story in U.S. history and hockey history, and it, it, it's so meaningful in the U.S. in the hockey world. But it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, between the the Rangers and the Kings, and the last break before the end of the third period, they're still playing the damn Rockies music. They're playing like how many away arenas and stadiums have you heard like "Gonna Fly Now" or the Rocky Fanfare or whatever? It it's so pervasive. It tell it is the pinnacle, the the epitome. Of an underdog story. Well, musically, I don't think that there's another, there is even another movie in this tournament that could identifiably stack, like stack up in a you know sense of like an. Could you identify music from that film? Yeah. No, the I mean, Chariots of Fire would be the only other sure. sports movie that jumps out, but that wasn't in the the tournament. I can't. Right. No. Yeah. I, I yeah. So, I, you know, okay. And, you know, as far as Miracle goes, like, I I would say it's the best hockey movie. Um, I agree. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk any Mystery Alaska in this uh, series, but it's not really that great. But I felt like it could have been. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. If the Rangers lost. Um, <laughs> but no, Mystery Alaska it really could have been. Slapshot is a product of its age. Goon is trying so hard to be Slapshot. I know some people really sure. like it. Maybe I'm just too old for Goon. Um, Young Blood, sure. Um, uh, the Cutting Edge. <laughs> I was but... just gonna say, Chuck. You know, another one, Cutting Edge. Great portrayal of hockey. Mighty Ducks. I was too old for the Mighty Ducks. You know, I mean, I I own it. Mighty Ducks is great. Mighty Ducks is fine. It's great. I mean, you know, it's a great, like, kids movie. Yeah, a kids movie, you know, that involves drunk driving. (laughs) (laughs) 
Not in the nineties. Yeah, not in the nineties. I, I feel like it's the hockey sandlot. I'd I'd agree with that. Although the sandlot is better. Sure. But I, I definitely agree with that. I own it. I plan on showing it to my kids mm-hmm. as soon as possible, but all right, so Rocky's in the finals. Yeah, yeah. The, the only the last thing I wanted to say about Rocky, it, the other thing that kind of I I think is is the thing that maybe tipped it for me, even though I didn't have to rubber stamp this one. Um, it, it's the one thing that I think universally the world appreciates that Philadelphia has given them, um, even though they make fun of the fact that we worship a fictional character by putting a statue of him in front of our art museum. Um, but I think generally speaking, if when people want to really spit in the eye of Philadelphia, what where do they, what do they attack? What do they go after? They go after the Rocky statue. I I, I don't think anybody's going after the uh, the miracle statue in wherever it is in New York, Lake Placid. Right there, it, nobody is going after that. I mean, maybe Russia. You got a point there, Gene. You got a point. <laughs> who knows? I'm going to look it up after the show. Maybe there's a whole bunch of Russian tourists who just every year go up and like desecrate the Herb Brooks bat- <laughs> statue that may or may not even exist in Lake Placid, New York. Should we do Great. the other matchup? Sure. Just to refresh everyone, the one seed in the baseball. Bracket is the natural. The two seed is a league of their own. Gene, how about you start here? Oh, okay. All right. Um, you, you always go last. How about you start on I'm, this? I, I will. And uh, this was uh, difficult because I thought out of the gate I was going to be all a league of their own. But um, there's a couple of things that over really working it in my brain over the course of the week, um, I just... I just feel like there are very few American fables or American myths um, that are beyond like George Washington chopped down the cherry tree, uh, you know, or Lincoln could never tell a lie. Like to a certain degree, every great society needs some sort of mythology. Um, and this is the one that seems the, – the movie The Natural feels to me like as close as – baseball ever got to putting its mythology um on film and give it the the same treatment that like bullfinch did to the greeks um so with that was kind of where i landed on leaning towards the natural it just it just seems like it's the difference between like your favorite like pulp novel you know, or or even like your favorite book that you your your, your teen uh, what do they call that uh, adolescent fiction? You know, like mine was uh, YA, yeah, YA yes, but mine was um, uh, Ender's Game, which I think is a really great science fiction. I know the uh, the author is problematic at best, but I really love that book, and uh, it's the difference between something like that and uh, literature, like. The natural is literature. The natural is uh, the great Gatsby, you know, of of baseball movies. Um, so it, it's hard for me to not give it the slight nod ahead. And maybe I'm an elitist. Maybe I am. I don't know. But and Gene, I guess I was in a the natural is not like art house cinema, by the way. <laughs> But given the competition it is, like, it's, 
Well, it's it it's heavy with symbolism. And for me, it is the better film than A League of Their Own. Now, I'm not saying I'm voting for it over A League of Their Own. Um, of the films, I enjoy A League of Their Own more. I think The Natural is better made. I think The Natural has more depth to the story. I think The Natural is more ambitious. And as much as I love A League of Their Own, the majority of this week, I was prepared to vote for The Natural. I I had rewatched it. It's more enjoyable than I remember. I remember it being more of a slog as opposed to the the film has its charm you know robert redford is an engaging character wilford brimley i can watch that man all day but <laughs> it, it's it works it, best when you're sucking on a werther's original <laughs> <laughs> having some oatmeal checking your diabetes um but so i was I'm like, yeah, it hurts me to do it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for the natural. Up until if we, if we had done this yesterday, if we recorded the show Saturday, I would have voted for the natural. Up until I started listening to the Phillies game today, so I was power washing the house, like I mentioned, and I was streaming the game onto my earbuds, and I was so happy baseball was back and it wasn't a particularly warm day but it wasn't freezing it was like upper 50s sun was beating down i was you know working outside and all of a sudden just those warm baseball feelings were back how many times have i been out grilling listening to baseball even not just the phillies like if if i'm outdoors in the summer and i can listen to a baseball game i'm listening to a baseball game and that romance of baseball is captured by a league of their own. And that's was missing for me from the natural. And my own personal connection with baseball more closely resembles a league of their own. And that that emotional connection, that fun connection, that nostalgic connection for me so really was the tipping point was the Phillies game today Sunday just made me feel romantic and nostalgic for baseball and all those great memories of listening to Harry Callis call a game on the beach you know having it on family functions and for me that is a league of their own so I'm gonna go for a league of their own if you had asked if we did this 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday I would have said the natural up until the Phillies game then I I switched because for me, baseball is an emotional sport, less less analytical, less symbolic. <clears throat> so here's where I'm at with this. Uh, the, the thing about the thing about you know about both these movies is they're period pieces. Like the Very neither you know they, they both take place back in like I don't know you want to call them the golden age of baseball or, or whatever. Um, and, uh, th there's that, th they both have a sense of, of nostalgia about them. Um, but I think that to your point, Chuck, there is more joy in watching 
a league of their own than there is in the natural. And the, the thing about baseball that I love so much is that spark of joy that it causes me. And, you know, I think of things like the very first game you go to every season when you walk through the concourse and it's dark, but then you see the bright green, when you look onto the field, that's like the best feeling in the world. And, um, you know, I think that there's more th that there is more times in a league of their own where I feel that way than the, than when I'm watching the natural. And I'll just say like, Hey man, I am not gonna give a, a victory here to, uh, to the New York Knights. Like I'm not going <laughs> to give New York the satisfaction of a win here. So I'm voting for a league of their own. It's Damn. a stunner. That wow. is a stunner. That I I thought it was a possibility that either one of you would go for a league of their own. Um my money probably would have been on Gene, but and, I'm full and of surprises. I'm a trickster. <laughs> and seriously, like I said, if this was earlier today or yesterday, I would have gone the natural up until the Phillies came back and it was like, oh no. No, baseball is is emotional. Baseball is joyous. And man, you described it so well, Dave. Uh, walking off the concourse. It's especially for a night game for me. Where the lights are on and that green pops. And all of a sudden you go from being in a building to being outside. You know, that is that's a wonderful moment with baseball. That's well, it. Well, we did it. We have we have wor worked this this thing down to one final matchup that's going to occur during the craziness of March. Also, and trying to avoid uh, any copyright strikes. Um, so next week, <laughs> tune in for Rocky, the Italian Stallion versus. All of the Rockford Peaches, including Gina Davis and Madonna. This is madness. <laughs> this is just madness. This uh, is that's certainly all that, the time we have for today. Uh, we'll be back next Monday where we get to wrap up uh, up this movie bracket. Uh, you know, we'll check in with the Flyers, see if they can gain some ground uh, on those top couple seeds uh, in the in the East, and uh, hopefully the Sixers can get back on track. And you know, we'll. Check in with the Phillies and what they're doing on spring training. So we'll see you back next Monday. If you haven't done so already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any time in your podcast listening day, be sure, be sure to check out The Whip Around, our sister show, giving you all your weird news of the week. Hey, and congratulations to The Whip Around uh, for uh, booking a live appearance at the Lehigh Valley Podcast Festival. Uh, we'll get everyone the dates for that once we once we find out more details there. Uh, so until then, have a great day at work, everybody. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>